Good morning. <laughs> We're going to see a victory. This week, you're going to be in your car, there is no doubt. And you're going to be driving, someone's going to cut you off, and you're going to be like, oh, no, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. Or maybe you'll be in the grocery store, and you have two items, and the person in front of you has 25, but they're in the express lane. You're going to see a victory. Just know it. Claim it right now. You're going to see a victory. But we are going to see a victory. Because, see, here's the deal. Everything that's going on around us and the craziness and the, the things that we can't answer, it's okay that we can't answer them because the battle is not ours. Did you know that? Say that right now, right where you are. The battle's not mine. The battle's his. And there's always victory. God knows what he's doing. Did you know that? God knows what he's doing. He's got this. I'm excited to hear from you, Dennis Street. I miss you. Thank you for letting us know you're out there. Barbie, I love you, Babs. Thank you for watching. We see you in Grand Prairie. You're all over the place. Last week, I think you were in uh, uh, Oklahoma or somewhere. Um, also, Amy, we see you. Miss Gail, I love you, and we are praying for you and your family. Wow. Miss Martinez, thank you for joining us today. Good morning to you. We are so glad to see you. Bruce and Dave, I love you guys. I miss you. Dave, we miss you. We look forward to the day that all of our team get to be back up on this platform. We're excited about that day. We know it's coming. We just got to be patient, right? Because it's not ours to worry about. It's not our battle to fight. It is God's. If you're joining us this week, we're towards the end of a series that we've been talking about called In the Midst, based on the book of Daniel. I'm excited. I love the book of Daniel. And today is no exception to a story that we've all heard a million times. But every time I read this story, every time I read this story, God brings something to me a little deeper. And, and I wanted to uh, go through it a little bit before we get to the scripture and kind of tell you where we are. Because I want to talk today about holy habits. Holy habits. What kind of habits are you into right now? Are your habits yoga pants and big t-shirts or sweatpants? Are your habits going to the refrigerator 50, 60 times a day instead of once? Are your habits sitting at your computer with a tie on and shorts? Are your habits where you've worked out, if you're like my family, we've worked out a time to literally figure out how we can make one trip a week to the grocery store because we're trying to be as safe as possible. What are your habits? Then tag on, what are your holy habits? What does that look like? Let me tell you what a little bit about mine as we get started look like. I want to show you a picture. This is one of my favorite things in my house. There, did, did it go up there? Let's see. We'll try that again. There it is. You see that? It is a prayer bench that Rafe made for me. And yes, that is purple wood. And um, I love this bench because I sit on this bench and I pray. This is where I, when I'm there, that's what I'm doing is praying. And it's caused me to really get into the habit of more prayer, right? So we're thinking today, what does that look like for each of us? What does a holy habit look like? So the interesting part is, yet Daniel faces another trial, right? And another crazy king. 
kings are crazy. Anytime you give someone power, it gets a little crazy. There's jealousy involved today. There's a whole lot of faith involved today. We now have King Darius in charge. King Darius, yep, he's crazy too. He decides to put a team together, and he doesn't have to worry about anything. Darius doesn't want to deal. Darius just wants others to deal so he can just lay back and be king. Okay, so he's really not manning the ship very much. He's got a team of people that are. And he has basically put the best of the best on his team in charge. And guess who rises to the top of that team? Daniel. Daniel does. And the Bible says because Daniel had an extraordinary spirit. Wow. Wouldn't you like to be known as someone with an extraordinary spirit? What does that mean? But what happens next? It gets good. I'm feeling like many of us have been there and have been in this kind of place. But as a result of other officers and chief administrators, they started looking at the things Daniel was doing, and they were jealous. Jealousy can bring a lot of dissension and turmoil to any good situation. Did you know that? And there's a lot of that. In the search to find something wrong with Daniel, the Bible says there was zero corruption or negligence that they could find. They couldn't find anything. They started looking, how can we get rid of Daniel? Because if we don't get rid of Daniel, we're never going to get to do what we want to do, right? And he's the teacher's pet. They could not find a thing wrong with Daniel because he was truly trustworthy. But here's where the story gets good. You see, the chief administrators and offices, they all ganged up, and that's a quote from the scripture, and put a plan together for they thought Daniel's strength was something they could use as his downfall. Did you get that? Because they thought that Daniel's strength is something they could use as his downfall, which was his faithfulness. The chief administrators and officers knew exactly what to say. They knew exactly how to talk to the ego of the king, but then they also knew how to use Daniel's strength against him. So they go to the King Darius and they say, Long live King Darius. Right then, they've got his ego, right? They've got him in the palm of their hands. That's what you call sugarcoating it a little bit, right? They talked the king into a new law that they knew Daniel would never obey. The law stated that anyone that prayed to any other god or human being except the king over the next 30 days would be thrown into the lion's den. They talked the king into signing a decree. Now when he signed that decree, that made it so. There was no going back. So he did. He signed the decree and the law went into place. So this is where we start in our scripture. And if you've got your Bible ready or your tablet, whatever you're reading, turn to Daniel 6. And we're going to start at verse 10. So here we are. The decree has been signed. When Daniel learned that the document had been signed, he went to his house. 
Now his upper room had open windows that faced Jerusalem. Daniel knelt down, prayed, and praised his God three times a day. Just like he always did. Just then these men all ganged together, came upon Daniel, praying and seeking mercy from his God. They then went and talked to the king about the law. Your majesty, didn't you sign a law that for 30 days any person who prays to any god or human besides you, your majesty, would be thrown into a pit of lions? The king replied, the decision is absolutely firm in accordance with the law of Media and Persia, which cannot be annulled. So they said to the king, well, one of the Judean exiles, Daniel, has ignored you. Your majesty, as well as the law you signed this, it says he is praying three times a day. When the king heard this report, he was very unhappy. Because see, the king, he, he loved Daniel. He decided to rescue Daniel and did everything he could to save Daniel before the sun went down. Now, just a side note. If you're in power, pay attention. Pay attention. Because it's in these details that it can go wrong, that it can go south. Pay attention. But these men all ganged together. See what happened? They were able to pull forces together before the king even knew what was happening because he wasn't paying attention. You must realize, your majesty, that the law of Media and Persia, including every law and edict the king has issued, cannot be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and hurled him into the pit of lions. The lions said, now, side note, lions do not like being in closed places. Lions do not last long in closed places. So this wasn't a usual thing just to come across a den of lions. This was something that was purposefully done to make the lions mad, to make them hungry, because they don't want to be enclosed in spaces. The king said to Daniel, your God, the one you serve so consistently, will rescue you. The king is reaching, trying He's come up with everything. He hasn't slept well. And now he's saying to Daniel, Daniel, you're king. He's got this. You're God. He's got this. A single stone was brought and placed over the entrance to the pit. The king sealed it with his own ring and with those of his princes so that Daniel's situation couldn't be changed. The king then went home to his palace and fasted through the night. No pleasures were brought to him and he he couldn't sleep. At dawn at the first sign of light, the king rose and rushed to the lion's pit as he approached it. I love this. This is, this is so good. As he approached it, he called out to Daniel, worried. Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God the one you served so consistently able to rescue you from the lions? <laughs> Daniel answers to the king, long live the king. My God sent the messenger who shut the lion's mouths. They haven't touched me because I have judged innocent before my God. I haven't done anything wrong to you either, your majesty. The king was thrilled. He commanded that Daniel be brought up out of the pit and Daniel was lifted out. Not a scratch was found on him because he trusted in his God. 
The king then ordered that men who had accused Daniel to be brought, thrown into the lion's pit, including their wives and children, they hadn't even reached the bottom of the pit before the lions overpowered them, crushed all their bones. Now that's payback right there. What a story. But how did Daniel know that God would rescue him? How do we know that God will always be by our side? Sometimes we seem to forget. I think Daniel knew because he'd done the work it took to develop a mutually trusting relationship with God. He had developed strong, what I call, holy habits. Holy habits are so important. They're important. And here's one of the first holy habits. Know your identity in God. Work every day in discovering more and more who you are in God. When you know your identity in God, you will not look for your identity in other things or people. When you know your identity in God, let's put that up again, Jackie. When you know your identity in God, you will not look for your identity in other people. Dive into your scripture. Get into your Bible study. Find a men's group. Find a ladies group. Lover's Lane offers a lot of those. Not for your comfort, but for discovery of who you are and your purpose and your identity. Put yourself in places that will challenge you with your spirituality and self-discovery. We discovered through this entire series, starting in chapter 1, that Daniel knew his God. He didn't just sort of know him, he knew him. Every single time, Daniel knew his God would lead him and guide him. The lion's den was no exception. The second habit is make time for God. Make time for God. Make time for your relationship with God. You did not marry your spouse without knowing anything about them. You don't develop great friendships with people you don't know. You cannot completely and fully trust someone if you haven't spent time getting to know them in truly an intimate an undeniable way. I mean, we say we trust God, but do we really? Right now in the middle of the pandemic, we're almost six months. Do you still trust God? How can we, if we have not spent time with him, and getting to know him, and getting to know the love that he has for us, how can we fully know him? And if we don't know him, how can we fully trust him? Because we haven't spent time with him. I believe this with all my heart. If we really knew God and knew how much he loved us, divides would be joined, wars would end. There would never, ever be a question of who is loved and who is accepted by God. We would not need Facebook to vent to or hold grudges or gossip. Guys, we do a whole lot of talking and not very much listening sometimes. 
or look for reasons to constantly protect ourselves from the next wave of hurt. Don't forget in Daniel chapter 1, he was captured and his home was taken from him. He stood before the king after king after king, not knowing what was going to happen day after day, week after week, year after year. But he knew his God. He never stopped praying. He never forgot who he was in God and his purpose in the midst of it all. Daniel was in exile. He was taken captive from what he knew and what he loved. But what Daniel reminds us of is what it also means to endure. And our third holy habit is learning what it means to have endurance. What does it mean to learn to walk with endurance? I have to tell you, I try to run. Not only is it not pretty, but in Texas it's hot and sweaty. And this hair goes from looking like this to a generic Q-tip in 5.2 seconds. It is not good. I'm not kidding. But when you get out there, the first day is really rough. The second day, it's still pretty rough. But it's a little bit easier than the day before. But if you want to get to where you're going and you want to understand what it is that is in front of you, you got to have some endurance. Right now, it looks like we are all more than ever going to need endurance. And the only way to have endurance is knowing who is doing the heavy lifting in your life. Because see, when you get out to learn to run that next mile and then that next mile... You learn that you're the one carrying it, but in our situations, (laughs) the heavy lifting is never me and you. It's God. Endurance is a process. You don't flip a switch. You don't just say, okay, today I'm going to be fine. It's a process. For the battle is not yours. Daniel knew his God was more than the food he ate. In the chaos around him in chapter 1, Daniel knew his God was bigger than the cray-cray king with a dream. The Hebrew boys knew God was more than a fiery furnace and a giant statue. Daniel knew his God was bigger than a hand that had written on a wall. Do you think he was surprised when God showed up in the lion's den with him? I mean, God created the very lions that were in the den with him. Daniel may not have known what the outcome might be. But he knew his God was faithful. Endurance had taught him this. Not long ago, I read a story about a young woman who had been in a car wreck. In that car wreck, she lost a limb right above her right knee. The crazy part is she was on scholarship for running track. And in an instant, her entire future was gone. The story goes on to tell how brutal the surgeries were. It started with removing her foot 
to removing. Then right below her knee, and gangrene was creeping up, so they had to cut right above her knee. And every single time she said in the article, I lost a piece of myself. But then endurance kicked in. She knew her fight. She knew that she may not ever run the way she did, but she knew she wasn't through running. She began to work through all types of prosthesis, different legs, what worked. And in the process of about nine months, through endurance, she was running again. Endurance isn't for the faint of heart. In closing today, I hope, I really hope we all understand there is bad news, there is good news, and there is really good news. You see, life is not going to be perfect. It is going to be hard, and people are going to look for ways to find things that are wrong with you. And in some cases, they work hard at getting you out of their way. For some of us, maybe we work hard at getting ourselves out of the way and not in a good way because we don't believe in the God that works or lives within us. Don't be your worst enemy. We've got enough of those. But the good news is you're never alone. When you get up every day and you discover who you are in God more and more, when you focus on what that means, change begins. When you spend time with God in prayer and scripture, your knowledge of who he is and who you are in him, it begins to shift. And when you get up every day and you keep pushing through, God works through your efforts. For just like Daniel, your focus isn't on who is trying to destroy you, but your focus is on who is working to deliver you. Who is working to deliver you. And the best news, listen to this, listen to me this week, God is faithful. God doesn't play games with his people. He will keep bringing miracles through conflicts. He will show up every time. For many of us, we want God to save us before we're ever thrown into the lion's den. That's me. God, if you will just let me sit right here in the midst of this, I promise I will learn my lesson. That's not where we learn our lessons because you see, <laughs> the miracles can't take place until we face to face with the lion. Follow me. Miracles can't take place until we are face to face with a lion. You want your miracle? Face your lion. This week, some of us are having to step out and face our lions head on. And we keep asking God for that miracle. Your holy habits have prepared you for this moment. And God will not leave you. You may not be set free from the den, but God will deliver you from the lions.
God will deliver you from the lions. It may not look like what you thought it should look. But the den's not the problem. That's just a place. That's just a circumstance. But when you face your lion and you have prayed and you know your identity and you know who you are in God, facing that lion, facing that lion, God reminds you every time he is faithful. He is faithful.